HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome, everyone, to Life's a Bank. <laughs> Come on now. Leave <laughs> it in. I'm not used to this gentle whatever. Go ahead. Well, you know, I was going to, since Easter was yesterday, lead this like a sermon that <laughs> mm. you love because you're so religious. So I am. Again, welcome, folks and friends, to Life's a Banquet, a religious podcast about animals and zombies with me, your host, Dracula, dead and loving it. Me, Dracula, and Nick, Nicholas Cage's Dracula. <laughs> you know what? I think that looks good because I will no. watch anything. Yes, yes, it looks good. I'll watch anything Nicholas Cage does. Everyone is stupid and they're just, everyone's so sad about the state of America that the movies that come out, everyone's just like, this looks fine. Like well, the I Barbie it- movie, like the Barbie movie did not look good to me. And everyone's like, it looks so funny. And I'm like, no, you're just desperate for something that's like whimsical to take your mind off the fact that the world is disgustingly horrible. Well, you know what? What's so bad about that? In this same vein, I'm going to let you know right now that I saw the new Scream movie the other night, which was so fun, but very, very bad. Um, yeah. The, the point of this is that there is a character in the beginning of the film makes a character. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. The... Uh, the kid who like is like the killer in the beginning. He stabs that woman in the alleyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Look, looks a bit like Armin. He said he does. Yes. And I was curious if it was Armin. Uh, Armin is our producer and questionable. Uh, might he might be a murderer? Yeah, he could be. Um, we don't know. But yeah, that part I actually liked. Yeah, it started strong and really, uh, really I dissolved. Like, I feel like it was fine until the very end and then we realized that whatever his name is Dermot Dermot Mulrooney is a horrible <laughs> actor how did we go this whole time without knowing that that's exactly what I was saying to the person that I went to go see it with I was like Dermot Mulrooney is one of those people who's just like a complete no offense Dermot if you're listening but a complete accident like because he has like no talent as an actor and we knew this from my best friend's wedding which is a great movie is he bad but... at it? I think that you yes. just don't even notice because he is like so, you know, it's Cameron and it's 
Julia and it's Rupert, you know, and they're all such great stars. So like, you don't really even notice him at all. I don't like to say this about anyone, but I <laughs> feel I have to, because we have to, you know, we're truth sayers here. Yes. We're truth seekers. Um, Dermot Mulroney is a bad actor. That's just it. I don't know. Yeah. I think I could do it just as good. I know this is annoying when people say this. Dermot will probably say that, you know, he's done a lot of method acting. He's, you know, studied with Stanislavski, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, he's just not a good actor. He has no yeah. talent at all. Also, his name is Dermot, which is like not even a name. It's like in yeah. between three names, like Kermit, <laughs> Dumont. I don't know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, just be, speaking of movies, before the show started, I was mentioning that you look like you could be the star of the of the 1990s classic, The Pelican Brief, mm-hmm. again with Julia Roberts. Which I um, I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast before. We probably have because we only talk about 17 different things spread out over months. But um, <laughs> in that movie, there are so many car bombs, like more car bombs yeah. than you would expect like not as many as perhaps like a mob film but yeah definitely more than you would expect from like a 90s rom-com which is <laughs> which is what the pelican brief is <laughs> yes it's a rom-com but you know i love a good 90s john grisham film adaptation like the firm mm-hmm. or whatever I, there are others of course I'm like not thinking of right now but like that was such a time in cinema we don't like don't really make movies like that anymore because they were like action movies but they were like kind of simple right it was like a like well, yeah, not a such a big deal like, yeah the time of the thriller is over right like when was the last time an actual thriller came out erotic or not you know just like a regular old like sort of mystery to be solved but also danger and running and right hunts. <laughs> lots of humping and like that didn't have to be quite so like you know when you see that it wasn't like jason Bourne or something and everyone had to be right. like sliding under cars and this is blah, blah. it was just like a kind of simple movie i mean this isn't a 90s movie but like all of the french connection like just a kind of fun yeah like you know chasing running like gene hackman vehicle yeah there's also you know like it was such a great time for the thriller like deceived is one that's really bad that goldie hahn is in it and mm-hmm. i watched that a lot when i was a child and yeah. she has some great outfits in that for sure or a courtroom um, drama we don't see a lot anymore also the 90s was the the era of like those scenes in the old-timey elevators with like the you know the yes zigzag thing metal thing that goes across the door and then you have to yep. get in it and it's like that's in deceived that's in single white female that's in a million other movies i can't think of right now single white female great movie yeah what happened to i mean those are dangerous you can get your finger caught in them very easily yes especially if someone's chasing you um but yeah i really miss those elevators and we should bring them back yeah that's what we are running on this fall (laughs) people if any (laughs) do you miss zigzaggy dangerous finger closing elevator grates well if you do (laughs) This button's for you. Yeah. Nicole, um, you just sent me something yeah, that I, I briefly looked at. Let's talk about it. On food and wine. I just, I'm in this, maybe I'm in denial because I am in middle age, but like, I, there's just like this period, there's so much is going on right now for people in their, my age, around my age, <clears throat> of like nostalgia, throwback shit. And yeah. Even in the show um, Yellow Jackets, which I I like, I don't love it. Um, I find it just like a little bit pandering that they have all these like 
scenes about like music from the 90s and it just kind of bothers me um and this is the same sort of thing so this is a bucket hat this is foodandwine.com on instagram.com telling us that you can now own the pizza hut like chandelier light thingy uh in the form of a bucket hat and it's an exact replica of the Pizza Hut like stained glass, but on a shiny bucket hat. And I find it to be so stupid. Agreed. It would be less stupid if it was actually made of glass because to wear a glass hat, you really have to want it. You know what I'm saying? If it was an actual glass hat on an ass hat, I would love that. I would a totally. glass hat on an ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> what about a glass ass hat? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a glass ass, but also a hat. Sure. Sounds great. That's what I, I want for that. Christmas. Okay. Listener, please start blowing <laughs> it now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just like, it's, and the whole point is like, you know, now that these people are in their 40s, my people, you know, they allegedly have more, you know, disposable income because they're, if they follow the, the train of what life is supposed to be like, they'll have a couple kids, they'll be in like mid-career. Mm. Um they'll have two incomes in the home. Who are these people? <laughs> I don't so know the them. opposite of this person. I don't know ah. these. Well, I mean, those people live here in Indiana, although I mostly hang out with people 10 years joining me because I work in a restaurant. But um, anyway, it's just like, I don't appreciate it. I don't, the, it's like really heavily mining the nostalgia to the point where it just becomes like, it makes me just sort of feel nothing except for irritation. And I just like, leave it alone. Give it a rest. I'm not going to buy more crap because it's, although I did almost buy a throwback igloo cooler because it has well, a built-in, cool. built-in speaker. And it's uh, really that's cool. It. <laughs> and, it's function- and it's functional. But like, I mean, I guess like part of the issue is, right, that it is very weird to live in a time when there's like not a whole lot of like new classics, be- right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like we've had things that have been established as maybe being like classic and nostalgic but we're not really building anything new that's of value that we're going to look back in 25, 30, 40 years and be like, remember when Shake Shack had, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a green yeah. neon sign. Like there's no, like similarly to, and not to be like too complaining, but it kind of almost in a way, like maybe this is like a left turn, but it reminds me of like how they just don't make any nice buildings anymore, right? Oh my like God, it's so apart. grody, the buildings that they make. I hate them all. Right. So it's like, it's sad because then you're just like, oh my God, old buildings, so beautiful. But there is no reason other than capitalism, obviously, and corporate greed that like you can't just build nice buildings still. And they could well, then age in the same way and be like, you know what I mean? Well, I it is. Well, I was talking to someone about this. <clears throat> it is so much more expensive though to build like with the same quality of ingredients yeah. <laughs> the same quality of materials that they've used back then because it was just cheaper and so in order to build a similar building that was built in like even in the 50s is just mag- so much more expensive so rather than trying to figure out that issue they just make disgusting little cardboard houses that are so ugly and beige right or like instead of trying to figure out the issue of like hey I'm a developer. I don't have to make $45 million off this project. I can Mm -hmm. make a million dollars. That's still quite a bit of money. Right. And then like set up something and then like, you know, we don't have to try whatever. Uh, It just seems insane. Um, We could go on all day. It's really not that much money though these days. I mean, I feel like a developer is probably going to like 
want to make like $10 million. No. Uh, which reminds me, when I was visiting New York City last week, I um, watched the OC with my friend, Angela, and <laughs> there's um, a moment in the first, in the first season where um, <laughs> Tate Donovan gets God. in trouble. America's Sweetheart. America's Sweetheart, Jennifer's ex-boyfriend, Jennifer Aniston, ex-boyfriend, um, also was on Friends right after they broke up. Apparently, it was very difficult for them to work together. Um, anyway, he has to borrow, you know, these people are living in like Malibu or I don't know, some fancy rich California town in the OC. Um, and he's like, okay, I need to borrow $100,000 because I'm, you know, getting into a little bit of trouble. And my friend kept being like, that's not even like for these multimillionaires, like a hundred thousand dollars is not like enough. Like he should have borrowed like a million dollars. So then we looked right. up how much a hundred thousand dollars was in like 2003 and it's only $160,000. So it's still not quite enough. <laughs> shoot, shoot your shot higher, Tate. That's yeah. The... Tate, you got to get like 4 million. Tate doesn't know Kirsten. his own value. Kirsten is a bajillionaire and she can give you way more than a hundred thousand dollars. Anyway, that's my little sidebar about how money isn't real. Yeah. Money is bad. Burn it. Um, um, ben Affleck. News? Yeah. Well, okay. So I know everyone was really worried about their relationship based on what we had been reporting on the last couple of weeks, but things seem to be fine. They've been hugging in public. They have been having dinner in public, they were walking together and holding hands while Ben Affleck wore sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're packing on the PDA, according to geo.tv. Um, what was the other one that I thought was really funny? Oh, okay, sorry. TMZ says, Ben Affleck looking chipper in Nikes next to J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess they're pointing out that he's wearing Nikes because he's in that new movie about oh the jordan movie. michael jordan or whatever he's playing uh, michael jordan right he is playing michael b jordan yes um <laughs> there's also one that says um ben affleck speaks spanish better than jennifer lopez wow yeah that's probably true i'm sure and what a great headline <laughs> i don't is that true of course, I mean, I can't imagine it's true. Why would anyone even print that, even if it was? It's so ridiculous. Well, it's from, like, koimoi.com, and they're pretty on top of it. And that I mean, I true. never heard of this website before, but I think that it's probably. Um, so, <laughs> Ben Affleck's surprising Spanish accent has left fans in awe. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, spaghetti That's pretty funny to me. His surprising yeah. Spanish accent. Yeah, that's very surprising. I wonder if he speaks in a Spanish accent, like from Spain, like Catalonia, like uh, yeah. with the That would be great. Let's hope. Right? Um. Yes, please. Can we please hope that that is true? <laughs> oh, also, okay, so I read a funny, I don't know why I was on so much food Instagram today, but I was. Um, Infatuation posted a, like a kind of a bitchy review of Bad Roman. And mm-hmm. everyone in the comments is like, oh, my God, the tides are turning. Infatuation didn't post just a puff piece. Um, and I just think it's funny because Bad Roman has been, you know, everyone's talking about it. And it seems so stupid and lame there. Um, yeah, it's everything that's wrong. And again, I feel like we're being very negative in this episode. But it's, <laughs> it, 
it's okay. Just know we're not like, this isn't the holistic picture of who we are, but we can complain sometimes. We there can are break actors, sometimes. Yeah, we can complain. There are some restaurants that we do like, and there are some actors that we do like. There are many actors. Dermot Mulroney isn't one of them, but Steve right. Buscemi is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, bad Roman. Like, I don't, again, like, I would never talk shit on a restaurant where I felt like it was like a, a bunch of people like working their butts off and like trying to scrap by. This is a huge restaurant group. This is fair game to make fun of. And this is like Coats. everything that's wrong with dining in New York. This is everything that's wrong with like New York in general. America. <laughs> America, everything. It's the like, Pinnacle of Instagram. Rome. This is what's wrong with Rome. And this is the only thing that's wrong with Rome. Other than that, I don't I really like Rome. Um but this is really just like the rich lameness that rose to the top post-COVID and was obviously brewing even before, but kind of like the skooma, you know, when you like boil chickpeas and there's that scum that like floats up to the top. Yeah. That's this, that's this restaurant, this whole vibe. It's like no authenticity, gimmicky Instagram, like make it as expensive as possible. It's just stupid. And like, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the people who work there, who go there, who fucking anything. It's bad. Bad yeah, man. it's just kind of funny. Um, late stage capitalism and all that. Also, I just realized that you went through an, a Kardashians phase and um, therefore perhaps know about this woman on Instagram who does the Kardashian impersonations. I do. She's oh, amazing. Yeah. I love her so much. Her Courtney is so good. And also, I, of course, love Chloe with the... With the fingernails with the post-its on them. So good. Oh um, God, I actually went so through funny. last night instead of going to sleep, I went through all the videos like back to the beginning. And there was a time when Khloe Kardashian was commenting like on all of them. Oh, really? It's yeah. really funny. It's like, she's really, really funny. I love watching her videos. I also, there's an Instagram that I've been loving <laughs> that I just found, which I, I think it's called sign peaks and it's like Seinfeld. Um, but like a bunch of Seinfeld like scenes, but set to, um, Oh my God. What's the woman's name? The star, the one who gets killed in the beginning of Twin Peaks. Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer. Like, you know, the music that plays when Laura, when there's like a Laura Palmer scene, Mm -hmm. like the music's different whenever, whatever. Um, So anyway, it's all set to like Laura Palmer music. So it's like really (laughs) serious. It's amazing. It's so fucking funny and perfect. Sign Peaks. Check it out. I'll check it out. Okay. Yeah. So good. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. 
Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Okay, so should we get into our topic for today? Yeah, I hope it's a negative topic because I don't want to change the vibe too much. Yeah, no, we should, we're going to just talk about things we hate. Starting yes, that's with... <laughs> <laughs> starting with buttered popcorn flavored jelly beans. Oh, those are fine. Okay, now actually we're going to take a complete left turn and this is a feel-good story. Um, this is part two of Oceans and... So I heard this story. <laughs> Sorry, which is funny. And also I want to apologize for last week's episode in which I joyously, triumphantly claimed that Zeus was my favorite thing about the ocean. I'm still ashamed <laughs> about it. Yeah, it's humiliating that we I'm, both thought that. But then we were like, wait, who is even the actual guy? I know. Well, it's King Poseidon. Titan? It's Poseidon. Oh, right. King Poseidon. Titan is like his son or whatever. Exactly. The Little Mermaid's dad is his so the little mermaid is his granddaughter it's ursula so i first heard this story actually on an episode of a little known podcast called my favorite murder (laughs) and karen told it and it was a great story and i really thought it was so interesting and um then i've kind of like heard murmurings of it since but you know i figured for anyone who wanted to just hear it again, but told kind of shittily by me. Yeah. um, Poor research, but it was a really interesting story about the ocean. And it's an interesting story that kind of has to do with food because this person was a fisherman and like eats all kinds of like strange things. Um, So, okay. I'm going to tell you this story and it is, I got my research today from an uh, an episode, an article in Slate by David Epstein called How I Survived 438 Days Adrift in the Pacific Ocean on Shark Liver, a Pet Bird, and an Imaginary, and Imaginary Sex Kept Me Going. An article in The Guardian by Jonathan Franklin called Lost at Sea, The Man Who Vanished for 14 Months. Oh my God. And those are my two big uh, researchers. And of course I like listened to my favorite murder episode. So credit there as well. Um, so, okay. The year is, uh, 2012. The month is November. The man is Jose Salvador Alvengra, and he's 33 years old at the time. And he's fishing for sharks in Mexico. That's kind of what he's done. He's a fisherman. He goes out for sharks. Um, he normally takes like a small boat and a buddy, like who's his usual companion. And they go out in the Pacific ocean for two or three days. They catch the sharks, they return them and they sell them for 50 cents a pound. Is that a good deal? I don't know. I mean, I guess like if a shark is 200 pounds or something, then maybe you get a hundred dollars. And what was 50 cents like in the year 2012? I don't know, but maybe (laughs) down there, like the value of the dollar, I don't know. It seems like not a lot, but we don't know. Um, yeah, there's no way to find out. There's no way to find out any of this information. We just have to go strictly from the article. Let's not veer off course. Pun intended. Okay. So <laughs> Alvengra's usual fishing partner, he couldn't make it this day. So he gets another guy, uh, a 22-year-old rookie named Ezekiel, who really didn't have much experience, but he needed somebody and didn't think it was going to be a big deal. But so they go out. He was they dead see, wrong. They, he was dead wrong. <laughs> starring Dermot Mulroney okay <laughs> as Jose Alvengra. um I just want to make sure I'm like pronouncing this last, last name right Al how would you pronounce this A-L-V-A-R-E-N-G-A Alvangra, right sure I okay. don't know all right I just want to make sure we I'm should ask right. Ben Affleck that's true okay all right we're back so anyway they see the storm coming and they figure they can kind of like 
make it back in time. Um, however, the waves get so big, they start to flood the engine and the Uh-oh. engine, yeah, the engine dies and they start to drift off, right? That's not very cool. It's one of my absolute worst fears ever. And like, I'm not someone who's like really afraid of the ocean. I mean, the thought of being kind of stranded at sea or floating in the middle of the ocean, not knowing what's under you is very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but like big waves and getting like, um, capsized or having a, like, that's just like a terrible fear of mine. I think most people wouldn't like that really, unless you're Poseidon. Right. So he'd be fine with it. Yeah. Poseidon. But he is- can breathe underwater. So for him, it's not like a big deal. He is the water, man, and all the fish inside of it, too. <laughs> He's God, man. He's God is of the water. A, is he a merman? A merman? He's a, a merman, merman, baby. A merman. <laughs> <laughs> Little Austin Powers throwback for you yeah, kiddos. Thank God. He's a merman. Okay. Um. So, anyway, they get really, like, wrecked by this storm. Um. The boat that they're on is about the size of, like, a big SUV. Um, I don't like this at all. They have two safety features on this boat. The first one is a Ziploc bag to put it in your cell phone in. And the other is a barrel in case the boat sinks, you grab onto the barrel. Like in Jaws. Right. Other than that, they have kind of nothing there. They have some matches, they have the clothes on their back, and they have like a stick. A Um, stick? A long stick, which actually you're going to find out comes in handy down the line. Okay. Okay, so they have and they a mirror. hadn't caught any sharks yet, so they couldn't eat those. Exactly. They have a mirror for shaving. Um, they they like put the mirror on the stick because they see like a cargo ship in the distance, but you know, they're really small on a cargo. It's they're just not, they don't see them. Um, but don't they have the fishing equipment for fishing for the sharks? I mean, I think that a lot of that stuff like flew off. Okay. Um, they have very minimal amount of stuff with them. They have okay. no electricity. They have no radio anymore. Everything is like fucked. Damn, they lost the radio. That's pretty unchill. Yeah. They should have like, put the Ziploc baggie and they put the radio in there. I know that would have been smart. I don't know exactly <laughs> what happened. I'm trying to picture, did you see Triangle of Sadness? I, you know, I didn't even finish it. I didn't love it. Oh, okay. I really liked it, but that, that second act with everybody like, vomiting and falling all over each other on the ship is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I did like, yeah, but the actual second act where the, or the, of the movie where they're on the beach. You mean that was like more the third act, which I agree was less successful. Yeah. They're just like really beating you over the head with, and I'm like, who's this even for? But anyway, go on. Right. Okay. So anyway, it starts to rain, um, a couple days later and they get saved by the rainwater because they thought they were just going to like um die of thirst yeah so they don't they collect the rainwater they find some bottles floating in the ocean thank you to everyone who's a polluter because otherwise (laughs) these people would have been dead they fill up like 72 little plastic bottles and the big 72 bottles floating in the ocean that is fucked up (laughs) and they fill up their 55 gallon oil drum like that they had for floating so they have a lot of water which that's a lot of rain yeah uh, Jose says that he was so hungry that he was eating his own fingernails in little tiny pieces. That's he yucky. Be- yeah, he began to grab jellyfish and swallow them whole. Like, they're, like, kind of really, f- like, flailing. Um, and so he encourages his friend, Ezekiel, Ezekiel to do kind of the same thing. Um, they drank ur- They drank urine. I don't know why they were drinking urine instead of drinking water, but maybe this was, like, before they realized they could drink the water but anyway 
Um, so yeah, they had no beta hook, so they do well, they just like wanted to try it out. Yeah, like hey, like what's this like? Maybe we'll get. I mean, I'm sure you get very bored just floating around there in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, so boring. That's the worst part, the boredom. Um, <clears throat> actually, it's probably true. So they decide to fish. They don't have any um equipment to fish, so they like kneel like at the edge of the boat and they scan for sharks and fish, and then he like basically just grabs them out of the water. What yeah. is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He digs his fingernails into the fish and into the rough scales. A lot of them escape, but then he like kind of figure. I mean, you just have all this time, right? So you finally sure. kind of like figure out how to do it. Um, and they have a, like a fishing knife, luckily, so they can like cut it up. Right. They don't have to eat the fish whole, which we I would not like that. Exactly. Like a pelican I saw this morning on in, on Instagram.com. Mm. I was like, this pelican's gonna die. The fish that it put into its mouth was the, like the same size of the pelican itself. It was absolutely shocking. Yeah, they, you know, they're sort of built for that, though, so they're into it. Yeah, it was really wild. So they're catching turtles. They're eating turtles. Apparently, turtles have, like, a lot of nutrients in the blood, so they're, like, drinking turtle blood. They're giving them energy. They would cook the meat by letting it, like, lay in the sun. This sounds like you would maybe get sick from it. They ate little sharks. Um, And then they stopped. So they're just having a... A seafood fest. Yeah, they're exactly. It's an unlimited all you can eat seafood buffet, like red lobster, <laughs> but with like less um, of those delicious little cheesy crackers or biscuits. Um, so they start eating about six to nine birds a day. They take the stick, right? <laughs> and a bird would just land on the stick. Birds then, are so stupid. I know birds are dumb. Then they like let it sit on the stick for like five minutes and get comfortable. And then they would they just would like eat it. grab it and like rip its head off essentially. Huh. Why and they, they have, huh? It's fine. I'm like, why didn't they cut its head off? But I guess it's alive still. So it's just easier to snap its yeah. little neck. So they then like eat all these birds. So this is like, and then, okay, this is kind of like a, in, like a little uh, sidebar and they'll get back into this bird thing. But <laughs> so... Then they had like a styrofoam, they found like a styrofoam box and they just both like hide in this like little box all day so they wouldn't get like too sunburned. They, the boat has no like underneath part? No. Uh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So anyway, they're like hallucinating. They're trying to pretend that the birds are other things. They're trying to, you know, just like keep each other from getting totally, going totally insane or like jumping overboard. Um, sure. And Ezekiel was having like an easier, even harder time with that. So um, Jose was kind of, he was older and he was kind of trying to like, you know, steer the, steer the ship, so to speak. Yeah. Um, this is just like Joe versus the volcano when they're out on the luggage. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> like that or your favorite movie, Castaway, with that baseball mm-hmm. or whatever. Volleyball. It's a volleyball. Okay. So, okay, this is really terrible. So, like, six to ten weeks into the journey, it's, like, they think it's maybe Christmas, right? So, they're, like, imagining it could potentially be Christmas. So, they catch all these birds and try to celebrate for, like, Christmas to, like, eat all these yummy birds. So, Mm -hmm. Ezekiel is eating a bird and all of a sudden he starts gagging and foam starts coming out of his mouth. And he's getting very sick. And uh, Jose can't figure out what's going on. So he like rips open the bird and realizes there's a snake in the bird's stomach. So like the bird had eaten like a poisonous snake. And then it poisoned 
um, it poisoned Ezekiel when he went to go eat it, right? Oh my God, that's fucking crazy. Right. So he like almost dies. He doesn't die, but then he like refuses to like eat ever again, basically. So he starves to death and uh, he stays like Jose keeps him on the boat for like a while because he's just, it's his companion. He's like scared of pushing him off and he's hallucinating he's alive he's talking to the corpse like it's got pretty wild but he doesn't eat him he doesn't eat him no well that's nice yeah eventually he pushes him over the edge and carries him in sea so (laughs) then what ends up being 14 months later but he doesn't even really understand time anymore he washes up on a tropical island my dream right like similarly to triangle of sadness and he washed up on shore of Tile Islet. It's a small island um, in the part of the Ebon Atoll on the southern tip of the island. And it's of, of the 1,156 1, islands that make up the Republic of the Marshall Islands, right? Sure, so the Republic one, of the Marshall Islands. I totally know that. Right, your favorite <laughs> republic other than the Banana Republic. And one of the <laughs> most remote spots on Earth. He was 6,700 miles away. And he had drifted for 438 days. That is insane. It is unconscionable. When I had COVID, I had to stay in the house for like like two full days. And I thought I was going to like go out of my fucking mind, right? Like it's yeah. just a real reminder of like what people can kind of endure and how, what tenderonies we all are, especially me. 438 fucking days on a boat floating in the middle of the ocean. That's fucking crazy how's that i don't even know if i would like make it i don't even know if i would want to like i don't know if i would want to eat a bunch of birds filled with snakes exactly me neither i have no survival instinct at all this is i've said this before but this is why i like never want to watch apocalypse stuff because i'm like i just wouldn't like make it in this time like i would just give up you know yeah i have no survival instinct whatsoever totally um Okay, so he stumbles through uh, the, like, jungly undergrowth, and he sees himself standing from, like, a small canal, and he sees a beach house and these two people. And um, the the people end up he saying... He probably so, looked insane. I'm sure. So they start <laughs> to talk to him, right? They don't speak the same language, but they kind of, like, understood each other, and then they started to just, like, roar with laughter, Right. And he said he was just like like laughing and kind of feeling like just so wild about being saved. So 11 days go by. Doctors determine that his health has stabilized enough for him to travel home to El Salvador where he'd be reunited with his family. Um, so he gets strong enough and he goes back and he fulfills his promise to his, you know, his friend, um, Ezekiel's father. Um, I'm sorry, the family. Um, and his mother, Ana Rosa, and he sits with her and tells her all the things that, like, he had wanted him to convey. Aww. I know. So he's, like, very, very messed up from this. He, like, basically, <laughs> yeah. like, can't sleep. He has nightmares. Doesn't want um, to eat any seafood yeah, ever again. Yeah, he never wants to have a chicken finger for the rest of his life or fish. He sticks strictly to beef and pork. Um... But yeah, like he just really went through such a traumatizing experience. And I think of like, you know, things that I consider in my life to be traumatic. And then I think about this and I'm like, how could somebody ever decompress from this? This is such mania. It's almost like being, 
It's almost like tripping on acid for 14 months. 14 months is just like so long. Like I it's don't even. so long. I don't it's understand. Wild. It's wild. And really, not to really talk wild. to anyone or anything. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So a year later, the fog of com- confusion kind of subsides and he scans the map of his drift across the ocean and he begins like to kind of understand some of this and that he really was gone for that long, that he lived on the edge of sanity. And he says, quote, I suffered hunger, thirst, and extreme loneliness, and it didn't take my life. You only would get one chance to live. So appreciate it. That is the story of Jose Alvangra and his 438 days lost at sea. That is crazy. Isn't that so wild? It's the most nuts story like I've ever heard. I just can't even, like, I can't believe that it's true. Or that that <laughs> happened. It's so stressful to think about. <clears throat> but anyway, it did happen. And it brings me to want to ask you, if you had to be stranded somewhere for 14 months, where would it be? Stranded by myself? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I would have to be somewhere that had, I mean, I don't want to be stranded anywhere, like, but I would need to be stranded in like a nice beach house. Like a nice hotel. An infinity pool. Yeah. Like maybe if like the apocalypse happened and I'm like just randomly down in Florida Mm. on the coast and I've got like this sick beach house that everyone has, you know, no one died in there because they weren't down there during the apocalypse. That would be fine. Because I was listening to this other story, actually, my favorite murder, about this woman who got stranded. Um, it was like a plane crash, and she like fell out like of the plane, completely okay. unscathed. Right? That's insane. Like, in her seat still, and um, crashed in the jungle. But she had like survival skills because she had grown up kind of in the jungle. Her parents were like researchers, and. Yeah, so I would not she, make like, it in the jungle at all. Rashed in the jungle. And like I've heard other stories of people who were like lost in the jungle and just kind of like lived. It's just like so wild to think that. Um, I don't know that people really do that kind of thing. I mean, I guess, you know, like life finds a way. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to like clean or gut a fish. And I definitely don't know which things are poisonous or not poisonous. So I don't think I would last very long out there in the jungle or anywhere. Even just the woods with only a mile surrounding me. <laughs> the woods? I know that's the thing about and actually it's fine because you're just talking about yellow jackets. Um, I feel like that has obviously that has a similar vibe to it. I feel yeah. like why didn't they find them? That couldn't were they really that in the middle of nowhere? No one could find them. Well, it was the nineties, so you know, mm. no cell phones. <laughs> um, you know what other show I'm watching that has like a lot of like 90s early 2000s music in it but I like the show and I haven't finished it so maybe I don't fully understand why it has this soundtrack that it does because it doesn't take place in the 90s it takes place in modern day um, Beef have you watched it? Beef? yeah I've never heard of it yeah it's like this new Ali Wong show it's very good but um, yeah oh where they sound. like fall in love with each other no, they like fight each other. They're like adversaries because they, they become get obsessed fight. with each other. Yeah. That's what she said in the preview yeah. yesterday. They become uh, obsessed with each other. I well, the reason why it. they have 90s music in there is because they are pandering to you. Yeah. It doesn't really work, though. It's like kind of like not even 90s. It's like 
early 2000s, like Incubus and stuff, which did never really spoke to me in the first place. So I'm not really getting much out of it, but the show is, is good. Yeah. The show is really good. It's really fun and really well acted and very, very, very good. I really like it. Is also, it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I want to say one other thing. Listen to this. This is just like a random life thing that happened. <laughs> I went to Nighthawk to see um, Scream the other night. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So I had been walking home from work on Friday night. I put a bottle of wine in my bag. It spilled all over my bag. Ugh, so I had my a greatest, like, my greatest fear. Besides, I even wrapped it in plastic. I think actually the plastic was the part that made it break. Because then whatever the plastic wrap like broke the cork. So. My bag, it's, it was white wine and it's a black bag, but I just like had to take everything out of it and, you know, bring it to the laundromat. Um, but so I like on Friday when I went to the move or Saturday, I like had my glass, my sunglasses just like in my pocket in their case. And I got home yesterday morning. I'm like, Oh my God, my sunglasses are gone. And like, I'm not someone who has a lot of like nice, nice things, but I have, I did buy nice sunglasses because my little ojos need good protection. They're too sensey. So I have a pair of Ray-Bans and I called the movie theater and left a message and they had them and they <laughs> saved, they held on to them for me. Nighthawk, Prospect Park. So nice, right? That is nice. Yeah. That wouldn't happen in Williamsburg. <laughs> I know. So unexpected. I'm like, you guys found these like sunglasses and you just like put them in your lost and found like, that's very sweet. And so Nighthawk, Prospect Park, you guys are good people. Thank you for doing that. that is it really true cool. that they don't have tater tots anymore? I don't know. We didn't get tater tots. We got just old fashions. And I had two and I was like pretty drunk actually when I was yeah. leaving. In the dark. It's scary. Yeah, I was a little drunk, but in a good way. It was super, it was fun. I hadn't been to that Nighthawk and I really liked it. It was a good time. I like that one. I like both of them. I was going to maybe go to the Nighthawk when I was in town, but I just didn't have any time to do anything at all. Um, I, I barely even saw you. I also, yeah, I had to stop by Zara's workplace and scandalize her coworkers um because I was <laughs> drinking wine during the day um but I also forgot to tell you that I ran into another person at the grocery store yesterday who but all the way on the south side my friend Will who you do not know because he lives in Indiana um okay. he I was on the south side because my parents live on the south side and I was stopping by my dad's house to make him dinner because my stepmom's out of town and he was like, hey, and I just didn't even register because I did not expect to see anyone that I know in that grocery store. And yeah. I was like, why are you at this grocery store? And he was like, oh, and my parents live on the south side too. And I was like, oh, okay, well, bye. And we both ran away. <laughs> yeah, you, that's all you can do. And you run yeah. into, unless you run into like one of your best friends, right? Mm-hmm. You have to run away from the person in the grocery store. Yes. It's we, we too uncomfortable. It was fun that we mutually ran away from each other. I appreciated that. Um, yeah. He didn't even introduce me to who I assume is his brother because he has like eight siblings. Um, and they, I think that that was his, but he didn't even introduce me to his brother. And I was like, this is perfect. Let's get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Well, should we, and this is going to be a little bit of a short epi, but should we talk about some of our, last week we talked about our favorite things from the ocean. <laughs> yes. Should we talk about our least favorite things from the ocean since we're um, negative today? Okay, so yeah, but you have to go first. Okay. Um, that trash island that's like a big island made of trash, like that's just collected in the ocean. From the ocean. That's from the disgusting humans. I know, but it's in the ocean. It's in the ocean. It's not my favorite thing. Um bologna oysters. 
Um, I don't know what those are. They're like an oyster that is French and it's like a big giant oyster and they're like always very expensive and they taste like like sewage. They're very disgusting. I don't think anyone (laughs) likes them. And if you say you like them, you're lying. And (laughs) I guess my number one least favorite thing from the ocean is right on the tip of my tongue. I feel like I've got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not making that dumb. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I guess the least favorite least favorite thing from the ocean is the movie The Perfect Storm. Oh, I love that movie. Or do I? I don't really remember it. It is the only movie where George Clooney dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah, that's upsetting. Oh, no, he also dies in that space movie. Spoiler alert. He dies in every movie. He's been dead the whole time. Yes, dead and loving it. Um, My least favorite things from the ocean are, I guess, um, oil tankers. Yeah, bad. Pirates. No, pirates are good. Are they? We're pro-pirate. If you're robbing, like, a capitalism ship, if you're robbing, like, an innocent fishing guy, that's bad. But why? what do pirates even do? I don't really understand. I guess we shouldn't say we don't like them because we don't have enough information. They seem in some way that they could be doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I'm fine with pirates. They seem cool. I like when people steal. Yeah, Um, that is good. Pirates. uh, Cruise ships also seem to be bad. Um, Yeah, although if someone gave me a free cruise, I would go on it. I don't think Um, I would do it. Yeah, I would go. Um, And then... I also don't like. You don't like shrimp. I don't like shrimps. That's true. I'm not a big fan. You hate shrimp, in fact. Well, I will eat a shrimp. Like, I ate the shrimps when we went to the steakhouse in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, that's true. You did. Hmm. If it calls for a celebratory moment of shrimp cocktail, I'll eat it. I actually prefer the shrimp cocktail to shrimp. Is that raw? I don't really know. No, it's not raw, but it's cold, so it's not like hot, yeah. rubbery shrimp. It's cold and not too rubbery, but still kind of rubbery in a way that I dislike. Just like lobster. Gross. <laughs> well, folks, thank you for tuning in to our um, our Complain Fest 2023. <laughs> um, I always wanted to start a, a late-night talk show called That Really Gets My Goat, where I just complain the whole time, and my co-host is just like a goat. My Ed McMahon is a goat. Um, but I never did it because I'm trying to be more posy, but it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Next week, we're going to come back with an episode all about sunshine or World War One. But either way, it's going to be positive vibes only. Yeah. Toxic positivity coming at exactly. you. Exactly. Toxic posy. <laughs> all right, folks. Hasta la pasta. Bye-bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.